Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the How to Sleep podcast. If you've had a sleep issue for a while and you've tried a whole bunch of stuff to fix it and you still have your sleep problem, then you probably feel like you've tried everything and nothing's worked. So in this episode, I'll explain how it's possible to have tried so much and feel so far from a solution, yet in fact be closer than you think. Plus, I'll give you your takeaway action for this week. Welcome to the How to Sleep podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Blakeman, qualified adult sleep coach, a previous sufferer of insomnia and mum of three. I believe that sleep is fundamental to your enjoyment of the life you have worked so hard to create, and I support adults like you who are struggling to sleep to get back to sleep and back to living your life in full colour and with maximum energy. This podcast is for you if you are taking ages to get to sleep, or waking in the night and can't get back to sleep, or both. Keep listening to find out how sleep works, the essential elements you need to get the sleep you deserve, and actionable steps that you can take. So when I was struggling with sleep, I tried a whole load of stuff. I tried all the sleep hygiene stuff, I tried meditation, I tried sleep stories, I tried sleep products, all the things. And for me personally, I knew that I didn't want to go down the sleeping pills route. And that's just because I'd read about them and they seemed to carry with them a whole load of risks, which for me, I didn't want to take. So personally, um, I felt pretty lost. I felt alone in the sense that no one in my immediate family was experiencing the issue. And so they couldn't really understand, although they obviously tried to be supportive. I felt unsupported beyond my immediate family because when I talked to people, They just said kind of nice but unhelpful comments like, oh, it's really normal when you're a parent. It's really normal when you have a, a, you know, a senior job. It happens to everyone, all that kind of stuff, which to some extent actually made me feel like I should just suck it up and get on with it, really. And I've talked about this in more depth in a previous episode, so I won't repeat it here. And as my sleep deprivation increased over time, as well as alone and unsupported, the anxiety and the unhappiness really started to kick in. And this was possibly the thing that was the hardest aspect of my sleep issue to deal with because it was a slow creep. So I was kind of a long way in or a long way down, I should say, before I noticed how bad it had got. And once I recognised it with no real solution at hand, I became really frustrated. And to be honest, I started to get a bit bitter about it all. So If you're like I was, perhaps you can relate to this. Just when life was looking kind of sorted as an adult and you built your life, maybe you have a great partner or a job that you enjoy or a business you're proud of, kids that you love being a parent to, but instead of properly participating in that life, the life that you've created for yourself, you're not able to because the sleep deprivation you're experiencing is basically depriving you of the ability to live your life fully in the experience. So instead, your life has become one which feels like you're in a fog. It feels like your senses are dulled almost. You know, I always referred to it as a life not in full colour because that's how it felt, that feeling of viewing everything through a haze and kind of just dragging through every day. I felt I felt I wasn't experiencing stuff how it was meant to be experienced or, you know, in the way I'd imagined that, you know, this is what kind of life is as a successful adult. And and also, perhaps, because I did this as well, perhaps you're becoming more and more obsessed, almost, if that's the right word, with the desire to sleep, or 
the worries about the consequences of not sleeping so that sleep itself has become this huge preoccupation that is eclipsing all the stuff. So I, I wanted to go down into this depth of a picture here, not to kind of um, set a negative tone, but because I think it's important to recognise just how far down a rabbit hole lack of sleep can get you. And not everybody understands that. And that when you get to that point, you're unfortunately not in a place of hope and you're not able to be fully objective about stuff. And that, you know, that's that's the kind of scientific fact that that's how it changes your mindset at that point. And, you know, sleep deprivation does that. It's a cruel twist that you don't just get the kind of physical effects of not sleeping. You also lose this ability, ability mentally to be fully objective, to be to be fully in perspective. And when I describe the situation like this, it's no wonder. So you do end up at a place where you're potentially very despondent. Now, along the way down this journey, I'm going to hazard a guess at some of the things you've tried. I'm going to guess that you have read up on sleep, read a lot of articles and tips on sleep hygiene. So in this bucket, I'm including things like drinking less coffee, reducing exposure to blue light, making your bedroom darker at night, uh, maybe a short bedtime routine where you have a bath or you do 10 minutes of meditation um, immediately before get, getting into bed. And sleep hygiene tips are not necessarily bad advice, but they're not normally sufficient to combat an ingrained or a serious sleep issue. And because they're basically just really small pieces of a much larger jigsaw. And the large jigsaw in this case is your is your body clock, it's your daily rhythm, um, as facilitated by your daily routine, because your sleep hormones are intrinsically connected to your body clock. And so if you don't have a strong body clock, then your hormones are not going to be working for you in a way that's helpful. So more specifically, as you probably know, you want to be producing melatonin in the right quantity at the right time. And that's why, depending on the availability of melatonin in your country, you may have resorted to taking this as a kind of um, direct medication. For some people, though, you can actually build up a melato- the melatonin or maybe you even took melatonin directly, but you still couldn't sleep or it doesn't always make you go to sleep. And this can be because the brain has a way of overriding sleep, even when you're really tired. And when I look back at my sleep issue, I realise this used to happen all the time. So I would go through all, all the day feeling like I could fall asleep at any moment. I would like physically be fighting sleep sort of like I could just feel like I could just lie down on the floor and go to sleep basically. And then an hour before bedtime, I suddenly become wide awake and almost wired. And then when I did go to bed, it was really hard to fall asleep. Then. So although I'll never know for sure, obviously, it, but with the benefit of hindsight, it seems to me that my thoughts and actions throughout the day and into the evening were probably leading me nicely to trigger that sleep override process and that's why I felt wide awake um, at night time when I should have been asleep but yet I felt exhausted in the day. The second lot of things you might have tried are sleep products so in this bucket I'm putting things like pillow sprays, herbal teas, weighted blankets, all that kind of stuff and some of these also linked to the point about sleep hygiene in that they're designed to encourage your mind to feel more relaxed and that this may help tip you over the edge into sleep and for someone who doesn't have a sleep issue but just has a couple of nights where they they don't feel as chilled or a bit of a stressful day at work these kind of things are, are kind of really going to be helpful but again for for a chronic sleep issue for a long-standing sleep issue um 
not really going to cut it because it's not just about relaxation. Most people with a sleep issue, like I've said, feel feel relaxed in the sense of, of they're pretty tired and, and they are chilled. Not not everybody with a sleep issue has, has full-on anxiety or anything like that. But again, in order to go to sleep, it's important that you have to have the right level of melatonin built up in your system at the right time. And it has to go hand in hand with this relaxation. And so like I said earlier, you don't want to be triggering the mechanism responsible for overriding that and because that can make you feel awake again. So if all these things aren't in place together, it, it won't really matter that you feel really relaxed. You can still struggle to sleep. The third lot of things you've tried, um, I'm going to bet, I'm, I'm going to put under a banner of, of what I call distraction. I refer to them as distraction things because that's what they offer, basically. They offer a way of distracting your mind off of the thought patterns that might be keeping you awake in the hope that this might trick your mind into allowing sleep in. So here I'm talking about things like sleep stories, audiobooks, TV, radio, um, anything like that that you might listen to until you fall asleep, that kind of thing. The issue with these things is that they don't actually provide a solution to the root cause of the problem. So your thoughts are running wild at night, that's the root cause. It's not really tackling that, it's basically just a distraction. And like we know with all good distraction-based magic tricks, if you repeat the trick too often, our brain kind of cottons on to how it works and we stop falling for it. So I'm using a metaphor, obviously, but hopefully you get the idea. So you might experience this as these things worked for a few nights and then they stopped working or they just didn't work for you at all. And the other disadvantage is that even if they do work, for some people, they then become a crutch that they need because rather than as I said, tackling the root cause of the issue, you basically just tackle the symptom and so you build up another learned association and now you need to have these things in order to go to sleep at all. So I hope you can say by just running very quickly through those that strangely it is possible to try an awful lot of solutions and even when individually the science behind all of these can be very valid and they can be good individually as contributing actions to a whole plan for improving sleep when you take them individually and if you have a chronic sleep issue they are really probably not going to cut the mustard and that by going through many many different solutions individually combined with the state of mind that long-term sleep deprivation puts you in it's perfectly possible in fact I want to tell you it's frighteningly common for people to be trying lots and lots of things, spending lots of time and money on solutions which are not fake, they're not wrong, they're not fraudulent products or anything like that, but they just can't be used in isolation um, away from a whole robust plan for tackling your sleep issue and, and really work for you. So in other words, it's possible to try picking up and putting down lots of individual pieces of a jigsaw and saying that you can't see the picture but without an approach that starts linking the actions together in the right combination like linking the pieces of the jigsaw together you won't ever see the picture no matter how many pieces you pick up individually. So your takeaway action for this week is to consider are you combining actions in all of the following areas to maximise the chances that you're getting this holistic approach to tackling your sleep issue? Number one, are you strengthening your body clock by having in place a solid daily routine which supports your chances of building up your body's own levels of melatonin? 
Number two, do you understand how your mind can override sleep? And this can happen even though you feel exhausted. So are you making sure that your actions and thoughts avoid triggering these mechanisms? And number three, are you actively learning thought management techniques so that you can regain control of your thoughts? Or are you just looking to distractions? And finally, as your coach, I... I'm afraid I have to give out some tough love occasionally. So here it is. I want you to be really honest with yourself. Are you looking for a quick fix in a single product to resolve your chronic sleep issue? So despite knowing that your sleep issue has been going on for a long time and perhaps your sleep pattern is all over the place and perhaps you've already tried several sleep packs and products and supplements and that kind of stuff, are you still hoping that the next one you try will be the one that works? And you know, if so, you might be lucky, you just might. But I want to be really honest with you. What I found and what I found from coaching others is that healthy sleep is like healthy eating and healthy exercise. It takes a bit of learning. It takes a bit of effort to make change. But the answer is very rarely in a quick fix. But also like healthy eating and healthy exercise, the answer is not rocket science. In fact, It can be really simple and it doesn't always take much in the way of lifestyle change to start seeing results in a short space of time. So you definitely can be much closer to solution than it might appear right now. Okay, have a great week and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope you found some value in today's episode. If you did, and you know others who would benefit from hearing this information as well, then please share with them. And if you would be so kind as to leave a positive review of the podcast, this will support me in my mission to spread the message of sleep as wide as possible. Thank you so much. If you can't wait until the next episode and you want more guidance right now, then head on over to my website and get access to my free sleep resources. Link in the show notes. Or follow me on Instagram at Nikki.Blakeman. Wishing you a peaceful night's sleep.